Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark out for a Welcome to the Dork Forest. I'm Jackie Cation. I am your host of the Dork Forest. You probably know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. We're all over iTunes and whoever has downloaded it and repurposed it for whatever your needs. That's right. So feel free to review the show on iTunes. Uh, feel free to email me, Jackie at JackieCation.com, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns. Anyway, uh, let's do the credits. Mike Rickbert composed and sang that song you just heard. He sang it with his wife, Sarah. He'll sing again his words to the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. Patrick Brady is going to fix this audio, and Vilmos does my website. Okay, there are many ways to support the show. Let's talk about them. The easiest way is just to tell other people about the show and follow me on Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat at Jackie Cation and tell people uh, word of mouth, word of mouth. Another way to support the show financially doesn't cost you anything is the Amazon banner. On JackieCation.com, there's an Amazon banner under support the show. And on dorkforest.com, there's just an Amazon link that takes you to Amazon. And both take you to Amazon. You order like normal, and the show gets a little bit of a kickback. doesn't cost you extra. It's just a way, if you order from Amazon, to help the show. More direct way of helping the show, you can uh, give money to the show via PayPal. There's a PayPal button under the Support the Show page on JackieCation.com, and there's a PayPal button on dorkforest.com. You can donate directly. If you want to give monthly, I haven't made that easy. I don't have a monthly setup. Uh, I know that it's easy. Uh, I just don't have any time to do it. So you have to remember every month that you like the show and then give me money. So uh, I'll use it wisely on audio cables and chocolate, whatever. Uh, another way to support the show, if you don't like PayPal, is people have been Venmoing me money. I'll take it. That seems lovely. Jackie at JackieCation.com. It's just under JackieCation. So whatever. If you have listened to all 600 and whatever episodes of the Dork Forest and would like more Dork Forest, there are premium episodes, probably a dozen of them. And they are, in the last couple of years, if I do a live episode, it usually costs me some money. So I have been putting them up on Bandcamp, and they cost money. They cost two bucks a pop. But if you go to the dorkforest.bandcamp.com, you can see those different shows. They're usually live episodes around the world. And there is also a four- Four stories on a, on a sort of a handmade storytelling album that I made over there too. And those are just a buck each. So if you want to go to Bandcamp, you can do that as well. You can order merch on JackieCation.com. There are shirts and CDs and a DVD of my stand-up. There's the stand-up CDs, Circus People. It's never going to be bread. This will make an excellent Horcrux and my brand new album. I am not the hero of this story. And they're all available as CDs on JackieCation.com. They're all available digitally on Amazon and iTunes. And you can just listen to them on Pandora and Spotify and whatever. So, but if you like hard copies, let me know if you want them signed or not. Um, there's also a DVD of the Horcrux album, which is video. That's what a DVD is. And you can download that at ComedyFilmNerds.com if you just like a download. Okay, there are shirts. There's my stand-up shirt, Spooky Reading Girl. There's also two Dork Forest t-shirts. There's the Ranger of the Dork Forest t-shirt, and there is a Dork Forest logo shirt. And all the shirts are made in the United States, union-made, so they run a little big because they're made by Americans. Other than that, my stand-up is available on the website, on JackieCation.com. You can watch my Conan sets. You can watch a bunch of different stand-up sets. You can, and then you can see what my schedule's like. Enough of this. Let's get into the show. It's a really good one. Hey, it's Jackie Cash. I'm in my living room. It's five years and coming. Steve Agee, welcome to the program. <laughs> hey, Jackie. There you go. Hey. Uh, it's at Steve Agee, S-T-E-V-E-A-G-E-E. -E -E. And uh, you have a couple of podcasts. You have Steve Agee, uh, mm -hmm. and you have uh, a new one. With uh, Busy Phillips. Yeah. Um, we're no doctors. We're no doctors where you speak of medicine. Yeah. We're with two hypochondriacs, <laughs> neurotic actors 
who are obsessed with everything health related. Um, Fantastic. We know very little about what we're talking about. Right. And that's the important thing is yeah. that you can just encourage uh, without information yeah. speculation. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. It's, um, yeah, you uh, were killed by Mary Poppins, yo. Yeah, uh, that's right. In uh, <laughs> Spoilers, but yeah, that's spoilers right. Spoilers in Guardians 2, and it was fun. Yeah. It was super fun to see you. It was fun to do. I bet. It was, uh, it was pretty great. Andy, uh, my husband, was like, uh, didn't Baby Groot kill him? And I was like, uh, Mary Poppins, y'all. Yeah, that and, arrow. Uh, that arrow just came out of nowhere. We shot a, actually a, a second scene where you see that I'm still alive. That was supposed to be in the credits. Oh, one of those cutscenes yeah, in the yeah. credits, but uh, James I- said it didn't make any sense. <laughs> God damn it! I was That'll like, happen. oh, oh, so well. You know, here's the thing about co- comic book characters: you could, you, they can exactly. come back to life at any minute. Yeah, exactly. And uh, uh, did you see Wonder Woman? Not yet. I'm going to see it this weekend. Good times. Good times were had. Uh, not enough pressure, of course, for it to be amazing. I know, right? Uh, DC side, lady side, all the sides. All the sides uh, desperately wanting it to be a decent action movie. I figure, I feel like there was no pressure because the DC movies haven't been doing so well, you know, and. Well, the, they've been, they've been, there's trouble, right? Yeah. So, um, I thought that I, I walked in with a lot of pressure. A lot of, I'm, I'm getting a lot of pressure from my DC fans going, this better work. And then I'm getting a lot of pressure yeah. from my internal feminist. Feminism is ruined yeah, if it yeah. isn't any good. Yeah. And, uh, so we don't want to ruin DC. We don't want to ruin feminism. And it crushed. And it crushed. And, uh, and it was super fun, actually. Yeah. It was, uh, who doesn't want to see, um, a makeover? Where, um, you know, Thor doesn't want to wear a dress. Yeah. Anyway, so. I can't wait to see it. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. They did a nice job. I'm not an opening weekend guy. I don't like. No. Crowded theaters. I, I'm having a huge problem lately as well with just going to movie theaters because I get really annoyed with people on their phones. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that is almost a 100% guarantee going into, even if you're at Arclight where they like, Say, please turn off your phones. And then they run the little scene at the beginning of right, the- Right. This is, this is obnoxious and- And people still do it. Right. You know, I haven't, I haven't noticed it actually, but we, you know where we go? We go in Van Nuys up here to what used to be called the greatest name, by the way, of any uh, movie theater ever. Man Plant. Uh, it was a man, <laughs> man theater. Plant? <laughs> man. And it's The Plant is the name of the strip okay, mall, gotcha. giant mall thing. Oh, okay. Man Plant. So it was the, called The Man Plant, and now it's called The Regency Plant, because Regency bought the theater. Right. But the great thing is, is that you go to a movie in Van Nuys, you go, you're going with families. You know, yeah. people who are shouting at the screen and yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, so we, and we went to a six o'clock on a Saturday, uh, I think, or six, I don't know. It was, it was six, it wasn't, it wasn't full. It was, it was the second oh, weekend. Yeah. And, uh, it. yeah, it was during the week or something. Something happened where it wasn't super full, but it was full of perfectly normal humans. Yeah. Which is what I want to see a movie with. When I went to the Guardians premiere, they, because the movie hadn't come out yet, it, the premiere was the week before. Yeah. They made everyone going into the theater put their phones in these bags. In the bags that comedy with works locks has? on them. With the yeah. locks? Yeah. And I was like, this is great. This is now. Now that's no a- phone. You see no phones. The no whole- phones. People talk to each other. It's a beautiful thing. And as soon as the movie is over, it's everybody rushing to the exits <laughs> to get their phones unlocked. Well, you know, um, have you been to Comedy Works in Denver? No, I haven't. They, they do that. They do that. Oh my god. And I was talking to I was talking to the uh, the Ute that was uh, were checking people's phones because you get to keep your phone yeah just has a lock on it yeah and I was like are people uh, uh, vandalizing the 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 bags and they're like oh yeah yeah there's people who write on in pen this fucking blows uh, people <laughs> some of them you just find under the table that have just been cut open oh my god yeah because people are out of their minds that because you could put your phone on vibrate if it vibrates. You can get up and leave the the, the yeah. comedy club and have them open it, and then you're like, "Oh, my kid has a cough." You know, it's really or weird about a phone on vibrate. Is it still not when you're performing, but it's still loud? Like if I go to a meeting, I'll put my phone on vibrate. Yeah, and if there's a quiet moment and my phone vibrates, everyone, everyone can fucking hear it. Yes, and everyone checks their phone because you're like, <sighs> it could have been any of us. But uh, yeah, so. Okay. Speaking of movies, uh huh. <laughs> you have a dorkdom, and it involves four John Hughes. John Hughes, but not all of John Hughes. It's not like Uncle Buck and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, right? Which it's I love too. The four classics. 
the teen, the teen, the teen ones, movies. Which is now 16 Candles, 1984. Yep. Breakfast Club 85. and Weird Science. Both, yeah. Crazy. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, 86. 86. That guy was working. Those were his first four directorial they, films. 16 Candles was his directorial debut? Yes. Good Lord. He wrote a shitload. In fact, a lot of people think he wrote more th- or directed more than he did. Um, right. Pretty in Pink, he did not direct. Okay. Which everyone thinks he directed. Did he write it? He wrote it. Okay. Um, he wrote Vacation. Yeah. National Lampoon's Vacation, which is the what- The first one. Mm-hmm, which is what got him 16 Candles. Ah. He did that and one other movie. I forget what it- He did Home Alone. Mr. Mom. He did wr- he write Mr. Mom? He wrote Mr. Mom and Vacation- and those two movies are what got him his wow. direct. Those got him a, a three picture deal with Universal. Wow! And those three first three movies were Sixteen Candles, uh, Breakfast, Breakfast Club, Club, and Weird, Weird Science. Science. Yeah, uh, I've never seen Weird Science. Oh my god! Of those four, yeah, it's maybe my favorite. Really? Because yeah. uh, in 1985, I remember thinking to myself, this wasn't made for me. It reminded no, me of Porky's. No, of course not. <laughs> I was like, also not made for me. It was made for teenage boys. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, um, and and it's completely fantastical and like, yeah, it's science. Fi- it's fully science fiction. It's science fiction, yeah. but with a lady. Yeah. You're just like, nerds make a lady. They make a lady with a computer. They make a lady with a computer and it's good times. And, and- b- by the way, Ferris Bueller... Which came after that in 86 was the one movie is one movie. I think that of all the movies I've seen in my lifetime, it's maybe one of like two or three that I remember what movie theater I saw it in. Really? I remember who I was with when I saw it. I remember where I was sitting in the theater. Ferris Bueller's Day Off affected you so greatly. Affected me incredibly. So we're talking 1986. What city are you in? I'm in Riverside, California. I went and saw it with my friends, Chris and Tisha. Okay. We went to the Tyler Mall, to the movie theater at the Tyler Mall. Yeah. We sat halfway down. Okay. And it wasn't, it was one of the smaller theaters. It wasn't one where When they started cutting them up? Yeah. There was like- one aisle and it's on, you right, know. Right, right, right. I remember that. And I sat on the aisle and we were halfway down the theater. And I was laughing so hard, me and my friend Chris. I sat next to Chris. Tisha was on the other side. I remember it like it was right. yesterday. We were laughing so hard. Chris and I were punching each other on the arms That's while how shit was happening. You literally were – it was a knee slapper but a, but an arm punch. Yeah, that was a life-changing movie That was a movie life-changing movie. Ferris Bueller's Day, which the entire premise of it, I looked it up at IMDb, was a kid okay. doesn't want to school, go to school yeah. much to his pre, uh, principal's chagrin or something like that. Yeah, it's and a kid whole... who's playing hooky and for probably it. like the ninth time. In fact, yeah, there's a line where – the principal's on the phone with Ferris's mom because he's playing sick and his parents think he's homesick. And he's like, he's looking at the commu- computer and he goes, so far this semester, semester, yeah. Ferris Bueller has been absent nine times. Right. And his mom's like, what? And he's like, it's right here in front of me. Meanwhile, at home, Ferris Bueller's on his computer changing that number. And, he, and Mr. Rooney, the principal, is watching the number go down while he's talking to the mom. And he's like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, this fucking kid. And you like it better than War Games? I don't even remember War Games. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. Because of the computer thing. Because War Games changed my I know. life. Yeah. War Would games. you like to play a game? Would you like to play a game? Yeah. But more than that is uh, the, 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 the code being like, I spent so much time in the principal's office when I was in high school. Oh, me too. And so... The fact that he knew where the code was to get into the computers for the for see, the, I don't even remember that. Yeah, there was it was just a you know like it was like a breadboard kind of situation yeah. that slid out from the. We didn't have a computer. I mean, there was. I mean, I didn't either. No. Yeah, I mean, I took a class on TRS eighties Radio Shack. I did too. Pretty sweet. I could. Write I learned basic. was it DOS? It was basic and DOS. I learned how to program where you could make like a little person like. Do a pole vault over a in dot matrix. Yeah, and nice. Something I like, and I worked all semester for this little three second. I made a program thing. that was a question and answer. It was like if that, then this. Yeah, and it was um, weirdly enough online dating. 
Really? It was an online dating uh, app. Where so you created online dating I created before it. it was a thing. And then, I, and now I look at me reaping the benefits. Yeah, oh it's uh, this is uh, this is all the results. Living in a two and one in Van Nuys, uh, but the, <laughs> our Victory Garden's starting to produce tomatoes. So oh, nice! What are you hoping? Well, what are you hoping good. for more than that? Nothing. Yeah. So, so okay. So Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You see it. You're. I mean, I was. Uh, I was probably older than you. I had to be older than you during this Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and I never skipped school. So I remember thinking I used to myself, to "Skip school." Yeah, yeah. And I, I would get busted though. I you, remember one. Well, time, that's what it was. Then maybe. I remember one time. I used to skip Spanish class a lot, and we had <laughs> Spanish class was one year. It was in a trailer, like like a a trailer that was like. Kind of in the back of a field behind the school. You know how yeah, they would have it, schools in California are weird because of the temperate climate. Yeah, sometimes it's just like a weird Quonset hut that's been turned into a. It's it's just corrugated metal. Yeah, yeah. And I would have, I would have Spanish class in there, and several times. I mean, it was a full class too. It's not like there's like eight people. There'd be like twenty five, thirty people in that class. <laughs> and when our teacher, Mrs. Ayala would turn around to write something on the board. The door was right next to me. And like you said, because of the weather out here, the doors were always open to let the cool air in. I would just step outside (laughs) and I'd go to Taco Bell or 7-Eleven. Lean against a wall. For no reason other than I could. Right. And then then I got busted. And if you got busted cutting class or being late to class, you would get a pink slip that you would have to go have your parents sign. So they knew. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that was the first time I ever forged my parents' name. Wow. I forged, I forged my mother's name. Did it feel like a lesser evil? (laughs) It felt terrifying because I was like, I'm, I'm venturing into some uncharted territory. Like I'm getting them involved. Right. And this was at a time where, my mother was out of town with my sister for like a month. And so it was just me and my dad at the house. And I, for some reason, signed my mom's name. And then they called the house and my dad answered. And he's like, no, she's like, Beverly is gone for a month. And right. they're like, oh, well, we have a signature. And so I had to go in and have a meeting with my dad. Wow. And then I had to do like free labor at the school. and Sure. But you, extra time. Digging ditches. The only time I ever skipped, all I did was I, I, cause I was the editor of the school newspaper. Uh-huh. I would occasionally get to go to these events and one of them was downtown. It was a convention. It was Where journalism down Milwaukee. Oh, Milwaukee. So okay. it was outside of Milwaukee. I could, I could go, I went to this weird journalism event cause my, my advisor was like, you're gonna, you're gonna be a journalist. I see this. And, uh, and so she was like, you should go to this convention. And so I go to this convention. And I spend a half a day there, and it's mind-numbingly boring. Yeah. And then I go and see the Miles O'Keefe Tarzan movie mm-hmm. twice. And uh, is that Greystoke? <laughs> nope. It was just called Tarzan. It was with Bo Derek and Miles. O'Keefe. Oh my God, that's right. Yeah. 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 yeah so I, I think of it that. as the Miles O'Keefe uh, Tarzan movie because he was freaking dreaming. Yeah. Uh, not a word, by the way. Mum's the word right. from Tarzan on that one. Yeah. And then he wrestles a lion. Anyway, so uh That's right. oh I saw God. it I twice. God about that movie. And I never got caught except for I uh I'm not very uh, I'm not good at lying. So I admitted it to my to my advisor, Mrs. Muldoon, and she was like, "You realize that you can't go to these. I can't sign off on you going to these things if you're not going to go to these right, things. Right. Because then you're skipping school and that's and I so I always had this thing about you can't skip school. So Ferris Bueller Drove me nuts. Oh I was God. like, just go to school. It was so glorious. It was glorious because he got away with it. Yeah. He, he not only got away with it, he got away with – did he get away with everything? Did he, he got away, away with, with everything. Car? I mean his – I mean his sister knew he was ditching. The principal knew he was ditching. Right. But they couldn't prove it. He was in the parade. Yeah. I remember him being in the parade and then did he go to a baseball game? They went to a – God, was it like a Cubs, Cubs game? They went to – wasn't white. Yeah, it was definitely Cubs game. He caught a fucking yeah, foul ball. Everything went his way. He caught a foul ball. He was in that 
I, I'm assuming it was probably like like uh, the, like on Oktoberfest type thing because there was like it was weird St. Pauli girl looking women on that float <laughs> where he's singing Dunkashane um in Chicago. Yeah. So and then and then he trashes his friend's dad's car. That's the one thing about this movie that always bothered me uh, is I was like, he's kind of a dick. Not even kind of. Uh, you're just like, kid, that's not your car. He's doing it while his friend is pleading with him. Pleading. No. Don't do that. Please yeah. don't do this. Yeah. And he, you know, and he justifies it as at the end or even while he's doing it as like, you need this. Yeah. You need this to stand up to your father, even though that it wasn't his plan to get caught or crash no, the car at all. And then, and, and his, and his friend actually, I mean, that would have been that. That's the Ender's Shadow, a game that I. That's the movie I want to see. Yeah, is the same movie from that kid's perspective. Yeah, and that's a drama. Oh, that's, that's a, a fucking. <laughs> that's a melodrama. That is like that is, hardcore. That's child abuse and neglect. Cameron and is just a hypochondriac, a and he's under his parents' thumb, and right, and his dad's always gone, but they hate him, fucking, and just a tool bag, and you're just like. No, and then, yeah, we're going to destroy his car. I actually would like to see that movie, you know, an additional half hour of that movie where he's <laughs> dealing with his father. Like, Yeah. What's the follow-up on that? Like, what the fuck happened to my car? We went – we took it into Chicago and uh, we couldn't get the odometer to roll back. <laughs> so we tr we tried doing putting it in reverse up on a jack and uh, – it fell off the jack and uh and into the lake into the, well not into like a a ravine behind the house which and, is so weird cuz it's supposed to take place in chicago yeah i don't know if you've been in chicago not a lot of ravines what's well, the suburbs it's uh the fictional town was Shermer, illinois is where all of john hughes sure. oh is that the was that i did not it's not a real town but like i believe all of his movies take place in Shermer. A place Shermer. called Shermer. Shermer, Illinois. Which I, I don't know the actual town he's from. It's like North something, Northbrook or something, Illinois. Right. Or, yeah. I'm sure it has an oak or a brook or a, yeah. Yeah. But they filmed it a lot of, they did a lot of filming locations. I don't know about Ferris Bueller's, but like, um, I think 16 Candles and, um, I have to say Breakfast Club Breakfast is my Club. favorite of these. The, you know? You're not alone. A lot of people feel that way. Yeah. Cause 16 Candles, um, because again, Sixteen Candles was just about. It was uh, kind of. I remember watching it and being relatively devastated. I was like, well, "It's her birthday. Nobody remembers. nobody remembers because of her crazy ass." Basically, sister. also, <laughs> a girl gets raped. Basically, like she's oh, the, unconscious. The prom queen, Carolyn, right, and Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah. Uh, at the very least, it's state rape. It's, yeah, uh, like uh, she's inebriated, she's unconscious. Well, and and um, but the thing is, is when she wakes up, she's just like, "Did we?" And Anthony Michael Hall was like, "I don't know." Doesn't he say, "I don't know"? No, no, he goes, because uh, he was fucked up too, and he they wake up in the parking lot of the church in her the rolls or something in the back seat of the rolls by the way which was John Hughes' actual car okay <laughs> um <laughs> she uh, he he says she's like who are you he's like i'm farmer ted cuz everyone <laughs> called him farmer ted right right and he goes did we yeah and she goes yeah i'm pretty sure so they but they never show that moment so maybe she was awake for it I either think, way she was fucking drunk yeah she was drunk he was drunk uh i think that it was in fact, I wrote a treatment. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's Julia Prescott who had a podcast or a show. Okay. Where you're pitching sequels to movies. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? I do. I don't remember if it was her, but yeah, I remember that. It was. I think it was Julia Prescott. I could sequels. be wrong. Um. Yeah. God, yeah, I think it was Julia Prescott, and I pitched a sequel to. Uh. <laughs> To, to 16 Candles? To 16 Candles called 16 Years <laughs> where Anthony Michael Hall goes to prison for raping a girl. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. I wrote this whole treatment about him going to prison and getting out and trying to get revenge. And, uh, oh, like the girl most likely to? Yeah, it's uh, like... Stalker Janning. Yeah, it's like 16 years later, he's out of prison now. 32. And... Uh, 
I, I just remember going, oh, this is genius. And it's, it's a comedy show received? and it was not received well at not all. It was well at all. silent. <laughs> Dead silence. Well, here's, okay. So what I know about date rape, which sadly first case, first, you know, I've been date raped a couple of times, but the weird thing about date rape is that you, it happens in my opinion, uh, to me for sure, but other people is when you're too young. Yeah. To, cause it's usually just some dude going, come on, let's it's just pressured. Fuck. It's yeah. just pressured. Let's just do it until finally you're like, fine, fuck me and get out. Exactly. And so it's that. And then you, 10 years later, you wake up and go, wait, oh, that was not actually consensual, you fuck. Yeah. And then the other time it happens is when it's pressured and you're super drunk. Either yeah, you're, yeah. you're really young and you don't know how to say no, or you're really drunk and you're like, who cares? <laughs> I don't want to yeah, do this. Yeah, I'm, I'm all like, for the, you know, 21-year-old drinking age. High school kids should not be drinking. Fucking college kids should not be drinking. <laughs> well, and it's weird because uh, I was uh, – the drinking age was 18 when I was 18. Yeah. No way. Yeah, in Wisconsin. Oh, and, shit. Um, I didn't know that. But the thing Did is, they have a lower alcohol content? In their, it didn't matter. I, I mean, I just drank not, all yeah. the booze that there was. Right. But what I'm what what I'm told now is that the reason why binge drinking is different now is because when I went out to the bar, I had to pay for every drink or get someone to buy me a drink. Right. Right. Um, when you go to a party and you're 18 or 16, oh my god, you just buy a cup. Yeah. And you could drink all night for 10 bucks. Yeah. Which is why the binge drinking is a little worse, I yeah. think. Oh, yeah, yeah. So if the drinking age were 18 and you're like, well, I have to find $20 if I want to get super fucked up. Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to be, and not 20 anymore. You'd have to find 40 probably. Yeah. yeah. And half this movie, half this 16 Candles takes place at a party. Yeah. At Jake's house. Yep. His parents are gone. and it's solo cup. Yeah. A I mean, it is a heightened example of a, a teen party, but mm-hmm. not far off. I went to some parties in high school where it was just a free for all furniture getting broken, windows, and you're like, "Oh my god, I'm so glad this is not my house." I had one of those. I went to when I was in uh, college. When I graduated from college, uh, I lived in Massachusetts for a summer, a couple of summers, and we had this weird party that we all woke up the next morning, and we had a rental. And someone had knocked a hole in the wall and somebody else had broken the screen door. And I was like, this is a John Hughes movie (laughs) because you're like, who the fuck does that? What, who goes to a party and and just starts punching walls and ripping things up and stuff. But uh, I guess some people do when they get hammered and it just gets, it gets grim. I remember that party where it felt super John Hughes because there was a couple making out, leaning against the television. And I was like, not uh-huh. the television. That moves. You yeah, yeah, move yeah. to this wall, which didn't have a hole in it at that time. Well, yeah. I mean, everything is just was taken to the 10th degree in that In those in movies. He didn't do risky business, did he? No. Okay. Because uh, I know he did. Um, he did uh, Planes, Trains. He did Home She's Alone. Having a Baby, he, Curly oh, really? Sue. Beethoven. He did he all wrote. The, he wrote the Beethoven. He wrote the Beethoven franchise. Yep. Didn't direct them. And anything that gets Charles Grodin work is uh, is on board for me. Oh, I'm I, miss, just, I miss Charles Grodin. I miss Charles Grodin. Did you know his daughter does stand up? No. Marion Grodin, but she's classic uh, New York comic. So you, she never goes on the road. She's barely on. Twi- I mean, oh my god, she was comic of the week on Jackie and Laurie with Kill Martin, the no other way. podcast I do. Yeah, yeah. And because Laurie had just run into her, and she's like, "Yeah, I'm pretty good friends with her. She's a good egg, and she's really funny." And so she sent me a link to some of her stand up. She had done stand up on the View. Like she's wow, yeah. And but she only <clears throat> does like clubs in New York. Like she doesn't do the road or anything. And so, yeah. and I was like, "Well, how are we supposed to plug her?" <laughs> She right. She has a website. Wow. Um, how are you gonna? <laughs> it's yeah. rare to find a website anymore. Yeah. People I mean, are I, always like, go to my Twitter. Right. Go to my Facebook. Steve Ag. By the way, it's just at Steve Ag. Right. Uh-huh. And so, uh, just go to Twitter and Facebook. And that's across and Instagram all the platforms. Yeah. Snapchat or whatever the hell. Sure. And uh, just go find them. And then on Feral Audio, it's uh, Steve Ag. Uh. Uh-huh. U-H-H-H. And, and uh, we're and no doctors. We're no doctors. The new one. So that's uh, hilarious. Yeah. But um. So, uh, how about, see, now Breakfast Club, I thought was the only one that had a real plot. It was the only one that was actually grounded. Yeah, like I everybody mean, had a Candles story. 16 Candles was very unrealistic. I mean. Yeah, it was just a romance novel, essentially. Yeah, and, but Breakfast Club was, I mean, it was, I almost, I dare say more dramatic than 
then a funny. comedy, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was much of a comedy. It was, and it just, it had that like, you know, like, uh, did he always have those scenes where there'd be a song playing and they'd jam? Or was that just Breakfast Club? I mean, they're, they're very soundtrack heavy. Yeah, because that yeah. soundtrack was great. Oh my and, god, yeah. In fact, the Don't You Forget About Me, the Simple Mind song was written for the movie. Oh really? It wasn't what like most of his soundtracks, he's taking pre-existing songs. Yeah. Uh that song was written for Breakfast Club. Okay. So and that had Ali Sheedy, mm-hmm. who I as Allison. Is was Allison? Uh-huh. And it was like so okay, so Breakfast Club has the jock Emilio Estevez. Carl Carl, awesome. Allison, I believe it's Carl. I haven't watched that movie in a long time, but yeah, it's Carl. And then uh, Judd Nelson, yeah, John Bender is uh, John, and uh, but he was he was the tough guy. He was the burnout, right? Yeah. So burnout. I heard he he didn't get along with John Hughes at all. Like, oh yeah, Judd Nelson. Like some people had talked about maybe a sequel to that, and John Hughes was like, "I'll never work with him again." (laughs) Like he was. He was one of those method actors who would Oh, so he was he a would dick stay all in time. character and bully Anthony Michael Hall. Oh. And in fact I I believe John Hughes almost fired him. For for doing it off for camera. For being just, just a shitty person to work with. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's uh yeah, keep your keep your method yeah. to something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much of any of this is true, but right. I it's mean hearsay. It's, it's yeah. excellent hearsay. Yeah. You know the marathon man hearsay. With uh, Dustin Hoffman yeah. and Lawrence Olivier, yeah, great movie. Is um, is that I guess Dustin Hoffman had was supposed to run, and mm-hmm. and Lawrence and he did, and uh, and he, it was being explained to him why Dustin Hoffman looked like he had just run the actual thing. He's like, why doesn't he act? And uh, oh my god, you're like, so funny. And it's a better story than that, but it's uh that's the it's the short version. It's like when everybody when anybody asks me for a joke, I'm like. I'm gonna. We're gonna retcon it back from the. Yeah, punchline. yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go through the joke with you. I'm gonna tell you the punchline. Then I'm gonna tell you how it works. Because <laughs> I'm gonna have a hard time with joke jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So with this, so there's a goth chick. Mm-hmm. Ali Sheedy. And the jock and the burnout and the nerd. Oh, and then the popular girl. Yes. And which um, Molly Ringwald. Molly Ringwald. I worked on a movie with Molly Ringwald. Oh, interesting. And you got to meet Molly. Ringwald. One one scene. It was a scene with a lot of people. So I know I didn't really talk. To her. I just said hello and right, right. I well inside I was dying and wanted to ask her ten gazillion questions. Yeah, it's uh, Kill Martin did Conan the other night, mm-hmm. and she I went, killed. I saw it. it was just yeah. great. Yeah, because you got a standing ovation. I was yeah. standing on the side because we recorded that episode. Uh, yeah. there and but the other two. Did you watch the whole episode with the other two guests? No, because it was uh, Patty Jenkins who directed Wonder Woman. Right, and there was absolutely no reason and no way that I could have gotten introduced to Patty Jenkins. So I just kind of stood there and was like, "Yeah, I'd really like to." meet her but yeah. then you wonder what are you gonna i mean you just say exactly uh, i really like your work you turn into that asperger <laughs> fan who talks to you after a show and you're like yeah oh, it's make this end and right which you know it, 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 she was super because pol- people came up and the greatest the greatest interaction was one of the camera people from conan was mm-hmm. a woman and she was like i'm just hoping that i was gonna get uh, we have a, a poster could you sign the poster and i'm one of the camera people and and then patty jenkins was like I did camera on TV for 10 years and then they had a real conversation. Whoa. And so that was neat. It's kind of cool to just w- witness. I was just standing there. That's and then awesome. The other, uh, the other guest was the actress from Mad Max Fury Road, uh, who played one of the breeders. Oh, do you know which one? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Chloe or. Yeah. And she's in a new horror movie. So, uh, and, but they were both, uh, very funny and there was nothing. It was, yeah, they, I mean, I was just standing. Uh, there's, yeah, there's no end to that story. It's yeah, I don't. I remember shooting something for this. It was a weird. I did this really weird experimental movie. I don't even know where you would find it. It's yeah. called Me. Me. And then the director's this guy. Um, uh, oh my god, Jeff Levy. Oh, okay, Levy, Levy, maybe Jeffrey Levy, right? And um. He, he, he directed a bunch of TV and stuff in like the 90s and he directed a movie with Steven Dorff, which I can't remember the name of, like right. STFO, I think, something like that. Okay. 
but he's got a lot of friends. So he did this really experimental movie and he called in all these favors like Gina Gershon's in it and Molly Ringwald, Molly Ringwald, E from the Eels is in it. Um, Jennifer Jason Lee. Wow. And, uh, I mean, the guy from the Eels. Yeah. It's a, I have that album. Oh, it's a great, he's great. (laughs) And, um, yeah, but I was shooting something and, and he just used his house, like we record, we shot at his house and, yeah. And so I'm in this room and we're shooting something and Molly Ringwald walked in. Yeah. And I was like, Jesus Christ, that's Molly Ringwald. <laughs> like, I was so, so fanboying out. Right. Cause, um, so did you have a favorite character of, of the, bre- the Breakfast Club? I always liked, uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Um, in the Breakfast Club, I, I don't know. I mean, I, that was I, honestly my least favorite of oh. his movies. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I don't know why. Probably because it wasn't crazy it, enough for me. Right, because the other three are genuinely goofy. Like, oh my just, god, they're goofy. Makes just- a lady with a computer. Yeah, that's a little goofy. <laughs> Ferris Bueller even is. Who's in Weird Science? I don't even know. Oh, Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. Um, <laughs> I wrote down Bill Paxton. Who did he? He play? plays he the, the brother or- Chet. He plays Wyatt's brother Chet. Uh, and why it was played by this guy, Elon Mitchell something. He, one of those three names. I okay, don't think he did. Three names and he has Mitchell in the middle. I think he maybe did one other movie after that. And then who was the lead in Weirds? I mean, it was Kelly LeBrock. Well, Anthony Michael Hall and Kelly yeah, what, LeBrock. It was Anthony Michael Hall. And Robert Downey Jr.'s in it. Oh, he probably plays. He, he plays one of the. Slow clap jock guy or not even, not a bad guy or. He's kind of a foil. Uh, yeah, I don't even know if you'd call him a bad guy. He's just a dick. He's a foil to Anthony Michael Hall and, uh, and the other guy and the other guy, Wyatt, uh, Gary and Wyatt's characters. And he had a friend. I can't remember the actor's name. He was in one of the Friday the 13th movies. Okay. Or no, not Friday the 13th, one of the Freddy, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Okay. And so those two guys are like the foils and, um, and so were they just reg- they were just regular nerd like my Anthony Michael Hall is just playing another nerd character right they're just nerd well the movie starts out the cold open is they are they the cold open is you see a girls gym class the girls are doing gymnastics and calisthenics in the gym right and then you pan around and you see Gary and Wyatt standing in the door just watching them going <laughs> oh man girls look at these girls and like uh, and and they have two that they like. Right. In particular, who happened right. to be uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s girlfriend and the other guy's girlfriend. Oh, okay. And so the, they're like, those two girls right there. Those dames right there. Dames. You know, they talk about parting with them. And then yep. Anthony Michael or uh, Robert Downey Jr. and his buddy are standing directly behind them. Right. Unbeknownst to Anthony Michael Hall and his buddy. And they pants them in front of the girls' gym. They pull down their pants and yell, hey, look at us. And then they hide. Right. And so all the girls turn around and it's just these it, two nerds in their underwear. Right. And that just kind of sets up who these guys are. Yep. Yeah, that'll that'll set it up right there. These nerds or, who don't get laid, don't have girlfriends. Right. But at least they didn't get pants all the way down to their non-shorts. And so they're watching uh, – really, watch, they're watching Frankenstein, I believe, and uh, – they see, you know, they're watching the scene where oh, right, he brings right. Frankenstein to life, and Anthony yeah. Michael Hall's like, "What if we do that? Let's make a let's make a girl <laughs> on your computer." Okay, he's got a Commodore. They're like, let's they just this. want to make a simulation on a computer that they can talk to. <laughs> it's so goofy. <laughs> and then they hook it up to jumper cables and a battery, and and all of a sudden, this, Zort and she appears, yeah. or she comes out of the bathroom like there's a big explosion, and then the door. Why the bathroom? I don't know. That's weird. Cause Why the, anything? Why right, anything, right? Because the computer's in their bedroom, right? But it like dims the lights in the whole town while it's happening. And sure, like there's well dogs not. standing on ceilings in someone's kitchen. And We're going to get to the spoiler alert on this thing because I need to know how this ends. But yeah. so she shows up and she's probably fake naked, right? Is she always fake naked? She's in, no, she's in like gym clothes. She's in like oh, weird. aerobics. She's basically in like an aerobics outfit. Oh, she's a... Like a a, a mid shirt, like oh, yeah, yeah. showing her Bun, belly, buns of steel. Yeah, she's that lady. Okay. Yeah. And does she have big hair? If I remember correctly. Yeah, she has right? big hair because it's eighty five um, or eighty. It's eighty five. Eighty five. And so 
They're like, oh my god! So now, now, and is it in Anthony Michael Hall's house or the other guy's? It's house? in uh, Wyatt's house, his the buddy's other, house. Okay. His parents are gone. There's right. always, you know, the parents are gone. This is very Charlie Brown. The and then are uh, never around. But there's also the uh, the uh, conflict of uh, Gary's arch uh, Wyatt's brother Chet. Oh right, the older played brother by Paxton. Yep, is home from military school. And he's just a douche. Oh, God. So he's the other foil in this movie. <laughs> Is he? Um, <clears throat> so. And he just extorts money from. I, I remember that's the thing. They come home drunk one night. The first night they go out and party with this girl. Right. Because she could buy liquor. Lisa. Probably. Yeah. And well, they uh, name her Lisa. That's the other thing. They're driving in a car that she makes. She can make anything. She makes this big pink Cadillac and they're driving to a, par, uh, a, a bar. Mm hmm. And she and uh, they go, "What's your name?" And she's like, "You guys made me. You get to name me, or you guys made me. You get yeah. to name me." And uh, Anthony Michael Hall's like, "How about Lisa?" Oh and my god! She, and she's like, "Why Lisa?" <laughs> and then why it's like <laughs> he he used to like a girl named Lisa. She kicked him in the nuts. <laughs> it's just oh this girl that fucking hates him. <laughs> like they name him after a girl that hates him. Just she apparently lives in Canada, which is, I think, an ongoing bit for his character. Like, oh, oh, the girl he in likes. Sixteen Candles. He likes a girl who lives in Canada. Too. Sure, sure. Why? Yeah. Well, and um, Canada. Let me tell you about uh, growing up in Milwaukee. It was always you're the very joke. close to Canada. We're very close to Canada, as is Chicago, and it's an ongoing joke in all high schools that yeah. you have a secret girlfriend or boyfriend in who lives in Canada. And they're like, we oh, carried it out in at least two of these movies. Good for you, John Hughes, for bringing it forth. Yeah. So they come home from a night at a bar, and they're right. both like super drunk, and Chet's just like, you know. You gotta- $75 in unmarked bill. Like he's extorting <laughs> money from him or from I want your VCR. Brother. And or then they find out like later in the movie, like yeah. she makes his grandparents catatonic. Like they come and crash the party. And so she freezes them and they're in a closet. What? Do you remember? Have you, no. Oh, you haven't seen oh, this I've movie. I've never seen it. So, oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So we have, um, we have the, the two kids, and Wyatt's older brother is played by Bill Hax, Paxton. Paxton, yeah. And, a military school kid. He's got right. a buzz cut. He's got, yeah, and uh, and he's just a tool bag. He's a horrible brother. And extorts a, money. Right. Whenever he finds out some dirt, he's like, you owe me. And Now I need cash. And so, yeah, the first night they make this girl, they go to a, a bar, and right. they get just shit-faced drunk, especially mm-hmm. Anthony Michael Hall. They come home. They wake up the next day, and they're like, did that even happen? Like they're they're like, oh, I think I was so drunk, I imagined right. we made a girl. And then she comes out of the bathroom again. No, and where then where does she live? Just in, in that house now, right? She's in that, living but Bill in this Paxton house. doesn't know that she's there. No, so she's got it. I say she's in the bathtub. I say she's just. <laughs> I say she's got blankets and a pillow, just chilling in the bathtub. And so they go to the mall with her the next day, and they're walking around, and she makes she. She like puts them like she just thinks something and it's there like so okay. they're in like these really cool they're in hip clothes now so right. they have cl- hip haircuts hip clothes and they go to the mall and they're like and they're sitting down in the mall at one po- point and uh in these like cool clothes right and uh Wyatt uh who's the other kid says yeah. to says to Gary he's like. For the first time in my life, I don't feel like a total dick. And as soon as he says that, says that Robert Downey Jr. and his buddy are standing up on the the upper level of the mall yeah. with big slurpees, and they just dump them on their heads. And so they're <laughs> and everybody in the mall is laughing. Of course, right. it's that moment where everybody turns and is laughing at them. Right, right. It's like a bad nightmare. And those two guys, girlfriends, who become the love interest of Anthony Michael Hall and, and, and Wyatt and Wyatt. Yes. Um. So they're, they're really dis- – they're kind of like – in fact, they have a moment where they they go aside and they're like, why are we dating these jerks? We should break up with them. And then one of the girls is like, but then we won't be popular and we won't get invited. They're really shallow girls. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, – yeah, all four of them seem pretty bad. And then <laughs> um, then Robert wow. Downey Jr. and this other guy are like walking through the mall and they're going down the escalator as – Kelly LeBrock is going up and she's like obviously the hottest girl in this mall and they're just staring at her and she like kind of like blows them a kiss as yeah. they're walking by. And so that now they're following her and they follow her outside the mall and they're like, so uh, 
what are you doing? And she's like waiting for my ride. And they're like, they're trying to hit on her and she's having none of it. She's like totally giving them the cold shoulder. Mm -hmm. And then you hear this Porsche drive, this Porsche drives up and it's Gary and Wyatt and they get out and they're like, Lisa, hon, come on, we're going to be late. (laughs) And it's a total fuck off to uh, Robert Downey Jr. and his his buddy. And, um, yeah. And then what happens? And, oh, and she goes, Gary and Wyatt are having a party tonight at, yeah. And this sets up the whole oh, movie basically. She's oh. like, there's a party at Wyatt's house tonight. Look him up in the student directory. And, the student. and Gary and Wyatt are like, party? Yeah. And mm. so then basically the whole movie, they're like, we don't have any friends. No one's going to show up to this party. And I'm skipping a lot of shit. They're in yeah. his house. And then all of a sudden you hear the doorbell ring. And, it's and they open funny. the door and it is the whole fucking school. <laughs> and, uh, and then it cuts to, it's like the other party in, uh, 16 Candles. Yeah. It's fucking mayhem. Right, right. People are losing their minds. The music is incredible. And Gary and Wyatt are hiding in the fucking bathroom because they're too scared to deal. Overwhelmed. Yeah. And so she's like, Lisa, Kelly LeBrock is like, I gotta fucking make these guys step up and like yeah. do something brave and like, and so she like snaps her finger and all of a sudden these mutants from like Mad Max and they are literally the characters from Mad- it's the like one zombies or something. No, no. It's the one main guy. I, I forget his name. The actor's name who played like the bad guy in Road Warrior. Yeah. Like the Mohawk guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. The actual actor played him. <laughs> he revived, revived, revised his role for this. Like he shows up. What? And what they're, the they're fuck fucking, is this movie? They, they <laughs> come through the windows on motorcycles and these like leather clad fucking mutants are like just driving around the house, beating the house. people up, tearing it up. And so Kelly LeBrock goes into the, these guys are now hiding in a closet at this point. And she like, she's like, you have some unwanted guests. And they're like, not our problem. She's <laughs> like, they're fucking up the house. You got to deal with these guys. And they're like, nope. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Eventually, one of the guys like punches through the wall and grabs the two nerds and brings them out. And they're like, and uh, then they're threatening the girls. And finally, they just stand up to the the mutants, Mm -hmm. pull out a gun that he thinks is a squirt gun, which later is an actual. This doesn't make any sense. But the movie doesn't make any sense. (laughs) No, and it doesn't have to. And so they they uh, prove themselves, you know, in front of these girls. They rise to the occasion. And then it cuts to later, the house is empty and the girls are there and they, you know. The place is trashed. Trashed. They make out but with the, the girls. They make out with the Robert Downey Jr. girls? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. When the when the mutants show up in yeah. the house, Robert Downey Jr.'s buddy leave. They're just like. Oh, they run. They're like, yeah. ah, let's get out of here. And he's like, what about the girls? And he's like, girls schmurls. We don't see them for the rest of the movie. They're oh, done. They're done. That's yeah. the end of that one. And there also is a point during this party where uh Wyatt's grandparents show up and they're like these proper older, very yeah. like mid Atlantic sounding, like, well, let's go visit Wyatt. <laughs> and they walk in and they're hitting people and like going, Who are you? Get out of our our grandson's house and oh my God. and so Kelly LeBrock freezes them and puts Sticks them in a, in a closet. closet. And also at some point, the kitchen is blue, like everything in the kitchen. Cabinets, floor, ceiling, windows, uh, uh, dishware, everything yeah. is blue. People's clothes are blue. Anyone in the kitchen is just blue. What? Yeah, it's fucking bananas. It is bananas. I wonder if it's on Netflix. Now I need to kind of see it. What the? Yeah, and so Chet comes home. Chet yeah. was out, I think, hunting overnight. Like. <laughs> So he wasn't home when this was happening. He comes home the next morning. He walks in the house. He's like, what the fuck? And he's got a big shotgun because he was like duck hunting. Right. And so he walks into his room. He opens his room and it's fucking snowing inside of his room. And he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And so he goes and he finds Anthony Michael Hall and he like wakes him up. He's laying in bed with this girl. And he's like, it's snowing in my fucking room. What is going on? Where's Wyatt? He finds Wyatt. He Finally corrals everybody and brings them down into the kitchen. Okay. The and four the, of them and Kelly LeBrock? And Kelly LeBrock. Okay. And uh, it's just this big confrontational moment. And he's walking around, like, yelling at everybody. And then he goes <laughs> to the cupboard and he opens, like, the pantry. And there are his grandparents. And he's like, 
hey, nanny, hey, grampy. And then he walks away and then he frees and he's like, are those my grandparents? <laughs> and so he tells uh, Gary and Wyatt to take their little hussy girlfriends home. He's like, get rid of it. Take them home. I'm going to talk to this girl, Kelly LeBrock. Yep. And get to the bottom of this. And um, so they take the girls home and uh, in in the Porsche that was made out of nothing. In a Porsche you. made out of nothing and a Ferrari that now Isn't she's like, Gary, you take the Porsche. Or she's like, Why you take the Porsche? Gary, you take the Ferrari. He's like, Ferrari? And all of a sudden a Ferrari appears in the oh driveway. It's fucking bananas. It is banana land. And so there's a moment between Chet and Kelly LeBrock in the kitchen where she's like, I'm a serious bitch. You don't want to fuck with. She's like, you really have to be a better brother to Wyatt. And he's like, oh, what are you going to, what are you going to do? And he, she basically turns him into a giant pile of shit. Uh, like what? Which they did with like puppetry and like animatronics. There is literally like the size of this chair in your yeah. living room. Like it's like. A pile of poop. He's like a pile of shit with like a mouth and eyes and arms. What? The and fuck? Uh, so by the time Gary and Wyatt come back, he's like, he's like, I'm sorry, I've been such a shit to you all these years. And he's like, What? This is it's so funny because it came out the same year as Breakfast Club. I know. And, and like, by the way, uh, we're just threw it together. I mean, there's rumors. It says on in uh, IMDb, I believe it says. That he wrote this movie in two days, which I would believe. <laughs> I would believe that he wrote this movie in two days. Yeah, me too. But From the that's a rumor that has, I think, been applied to most of those movies. It says, it says on IMDb he wrote Sixteen Candles in two days. It says he wrote <laughs> Weird Science, Weird Science in two days, Breakfast Club in two days, Ferris Bueller's. It says he wrote in six days. Wow. But I believe I think he really only. Wrote one of those movies in two days. Right. I would say it was probably Weird Science. Yeah, Weird Science seems like the one. Because it's just. It's so, but leads it's crazy. Up, you know, act one leading into this act two party. And, uh. Yeah, so know. what's act three? How is there even an act three? Well, Isn't it's, that act it's three? uh, that reconciling, you know, Wyatt and his brother reconciling, uh, and Kelly LeBrock, Kelly LeBrock proving to them that they, you know, can, don't need her. They don't need her. They stood up to these guys and now they have girlfriends and, um, <laughs> and, right. and then, uh, they say goodbye to her. They're like, what about you? And she's like, I'll be fine. And you know, there's this tearful moment of them saying goodbye to her and she kind of walks out and then everything in the house just starts going in reverse. Like a missile at one point came up through the floor of the house, like <laughs> and out the ceiling, like a Pershing missile, a gigantic, like, three-story missile is sticking out of the house. And, uh, you know, as soon as she leaves and everything has been reconciled, the the missile goes through the floor, you know, oh, all the reverse. furniture starts reversing. And, and all that's happening as the parents are pulling up into the driveway, getting out of the car, getting their luggage. And as they walk in the door, like, just... You see this end table so quietly oh slide God. up to the wall, and that's the last piece. And um, right, yeah. And then the parents are like, "So uh, your dad was worried you guys would have a party this weekend." And they're like, "Oh no, not us!" Not you know? us. So and Kelly then the, the tag at the end of the movie yeah. is, you know, you see a guy's gym class, and you hear a whistle, and they all turn around. And it's Kelly LeBrock, and she's in that same original outfit of yeah. like the. You know, oh, the, oh, the half top and the, the yeah, yeah, the aerobics clothes, and she's their gym coach or whatever. Oh, okay, yeah, that's hilarious. But it's that's a great, the I love that movie. That movie sounds like it, like it could be a mess, but you're like, nope, it just keeps going, and then it all wraps up. It like totally a embraces the uh, just the absurdity of it all. Like it well, doesn't take itself seriously. And, well, that's what I like about it because risky business does. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like risky business. Kind of, yeah. Except for that it's no it horrors. No horrors, it just it doesn't <laughs> take itself. And then uh and real genius. Mm. Which I love real genius. I could have almost talked about real genius. Well, real genius is amazing, quite honestly. It's, and it's a movie I still will watch like if every it's few on. months. I own it. I'll put oh, it on and it. just watch it if I can't sleep. Oh, that's kind of cool. It's uh yeah, I um yeah, that's sort of a it's it's weird science, but with an arc. 
I mean, the popcorn scene alone in Real Genius. Yeah, that's the that's really, I mean, kind of one of the only fantastical, like, this would never happen moments. But, like, everything else, I mean, I guess there's a lot of, like, where they they pave oh, the, the ins- inside of the dorm in yeah, ice. and, and go uh, ice skating. But they're supposed to be geniuses and, and, and scientific nerds. Yeah, and- it's all about the, you know... Experimentation and yeah, or the, the horrible shit. And I mean, I think it's based on you know, like inventing you know, scientists inventing the atom bomb basically as a mistake, and all of a sudden we have nuclear weapons. Yeah, weapons. It's kind of like you know, mirroring that. You know, they right. make these lasers that are supposed to be used for weapons, and th- right? And then you see the um, the reveal from from space, and then yeah. there's the guy who who uh, does all the contests. Oh yeah, Laszlo Hollyfeld, played by John Grease, who is uh, Uncle Rico in Napoleon Dynamite. Oh really? Yeah, that he guy's been acting of, for forever. He reminds me of the Naked Trucker. Uh, kind of. Yeah, Dave, yeah. Dave Gruber Allen. Dave Gruber and Gruber Allen. And then, uh, did you ever see No Small Affair? No, I don't know what that is. Well, uh, you know uh, the 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 dirtbag sitcom, uh, Two Dads or something. My um, two dads. My two dads. Yeah, it's with um, Sheen, Charlie Sheen, and uh, it's... Oh, no, Two and a Half Men. Two and a Half Men, yeah, yeah. 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 Who's the other guy? Uh, John Cryer. John Cryer yeah. is in a movie. Ducky from Pretty in Pink. Oh, there you go. Written by John Hughes. Exactly. So John Cryer and uh, and Demi Moore, when it was Demi, and Pre-Boob Job, uh-huh. are in a movie called No Small Affair, oh, where he is a nerd boy, and she is um, uh, an actress... And he falls in love with her, and he takes all of his money for a photography class that he's going to go to photography so that she can be famous by putting her phone number on and her picture on billboards with no explanation. And she's like, like Angeline. Right, right. Yeah. It's, it, it's a, I think it's an Angeline par- like parable. Yeah. And, um, and, but he spends all, and, and, I can't remember how that movie, but I love No Small Affair. I honestly could have. You know, when you asked me to pick a thing I'm geeky about, I, I mean, first thing I went to was John Hughes, but I, any one of those 80s teen movies, like Last American Virgin, Losing It, um, Real Genius, uh, Better Off Dead. Better Off, which John I, Cusack. Oh my God. Right. What was the one with the, um, with, with, and with then the, One Crazy Peter, Summer with Peter Gabriel? Song? Oh, yeah, that was... Uh, Space Case. Uh, no, I've seen spacing. it a thousand times. And I love it because, you know, I don't want to buy anything. I don't want to sell anything. I don't want to process anything. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to buy anything, bought or process. All those movies. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the whole Brat Pack era. Um, yeah. In fact, you know, in Breakfast Club, when they shot Breakfast Club, Molly Ringwald and... Anthony Michael Hall were the only teenagers. Everyone else, um, Judd Nelson, Emilio Estevez, were like 23 to like 25 or 26. And that same year, those three actors, Ali Sheedy, um, Emilio Estevez, and uh, Judd Nelson did St. Elmo's Fire the same year as college students. Oh, really? So they played high school students and college students the same exact year. Oh, wow. So, but Molly Ringwald and Mike uh, Anthony Michael Hall were sixteen. Six were actually sixteen. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Wow, that is weird. In fact, also in Sixteen Candles, I mean, they were still sixteen. I mean, they they did these movies so close to each other. Right. That was eighty four. Eighty four into eighty eighty five, and uh, um, it was the guy who played Jake, the big dreamy hunk, yeah, yeah. was like he was like twenty six. No, no, I think he was 24. Right. That actor was 24. And the girl who played Caroline, or Carolyn or Caroline? She had Caroline, to be over 18 because She was in her, she was like 23. Yeah, because there's a nude scene in the shower with her. Well, that was a body double. Oh, was it? Yeah. Uh, I had forgotten because I had only seen the, sh- the movie 16 Candles yeah. on cable. Yeah. And they had cut out the, the naked, the boob shot. Of course. Uh, on cable. And I was babysitting. <laughs> Here in Los Angeles, yeah. when I first moved here in '97 or whatever, uh, I was I babysat for this kid until probably 2001, and uh, Caitlin was probably 11 or 12, and yeah. I was like, 
oh, you would love 16 Candles. Yeah. And so I bought the VHS and then a VCR and I pop it in and all of a sudden it's the shower scene. Oh my and she's God. Like, yeah. And she calls for her little brother, which is such a weird thing for Caitlin to do because mm-hmm. she was probably 12 at the time. And she goes, Cole, get down here. And that's amazing. Yeah. And so Cole like bolts downstairs and uh, I have turned off the movie and I was like, you get nope. to see boobs. Not, not on my watch. Yeah. Not on my watch. And it didn't matter because he had HBO in his room. It's also it's so such weird. a dated movie, you know, like. They have the Asian stereotype Long Duck Dong. Long Duck Dong like, in the really, tree. I think he caught a lot of shit for Getty Watanabe playing. Oh, the actor? The actor, Getty Watanabe, who played Long Duck Dong, like got a lot of hate from like oh, Asian, Asian groups watch and, groups. and uh, Yeah, but at least it wasn't played by Andy. Uh, <laughs> Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke. Mickey, I mean, Mickey Rooney. I or say, Mickey Rourke. Or Andy Rooney. Uh, or Andy Rooney. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's got that, you know, every time he talk, every time someone says long duck dong, you hear a gong. Yes. It's uh, the worst. It's genuinely, you know, and it's, I mean, with a lot of eighties teen movies, you know, they say fag. Yeah. There's, you know, Anthony Michael Hall, when they, his two buddies, John Cusack and the other guy don't want, are afraid to go into the party. He's like, stop being such fags. Right. There's, it's, it's the eighties was chock full of this. Oh my and God. And Porky's with the peep, the peephole and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Even Valley Girl. Yeah. Uh, had like, um, just crazy weird. The racism and the, yeah. and the sexism is, is, it's thick on the ground, you guys. Yeah. Grain of salt. If you're going to watch any of these yeah, movies. Yeah. Seventies and eighties. I, I, someone was telling me they saw, um, Blazing Saddles. They like it was showing it like the New Beverly or something. Yeah, My friend, and they had never seen or at Blazing. the ArcLight, they did a, a re-release of it. My friend went to saw it and he said everyone who you know was in like their forties, who's our age, was laughing their ass off at the movie. He said all the millennials in the theater were just like what? shocked at you know how <laughs> often the N word is said in that movie. Right, right, and it's um, you couldn't do it. You couldn't do it today. You couldn't do it today. But did you see the Will Ferrell Mexican one? No. In Spanish? No. It was as close as you could get. The only problem with that movie, quite honestly, because it was hilarious. I own it. Uh-huh. Uh, I forget what it's called, like uh, Casa de whatever. Yeah. And because um, it was the, it's a great Mexican parody along the lines of Blazing Saddles. Yeah. The only problem with it was the casting of Will Ferrell, just yeah. because he's too old. Right. They should have, they should have found like um, the guy who played the sheriff in Blazing Saddles. They should have gone with someone younger. Yeah. And it would have been fine. Um, but it was, I, I, I almost laughed till I cried. It's all in Spanish, right? It's all in Spanish and it's freaking hilarious. And, but but it's darkly funny. And then there's another movie called, um, A Day Without a Mexican, which (laughs) is, well, it's an indie movie and it's a one joke premise. What happens is, is, uh, one day all the Mexicans in California disappear. Oh, so we have no food. No, no one's yeah, just picking our fruit cars, or yeah. uh, like 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 uh, just car washes are empty and just yeah. the water runs. Yeah, and, and yeah. people like strollers go off into the, yeah. into traffic. Was it the whole thing about you know how how people are always like they're taking our jobs and it's yeah. like they're jobs that you would never fucking do, you right. asshole. Right. It's just it was just one asshole statistic after another it was yeah. and, and sometimes the and the whole um and a spoiler alert on a day without a mexican but only because because <laughs> <Spoiler alert. laughs> don't spoil it for me spoil from five years ago or 10 years ago yeah. um i saw it at ArcLight. it was an indie film and um there was one woman who was uh, a mexican woman who happened to be who had been left behind and she was like why oh. have i been left behind and the big reveal is that she's armenian Armenian. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's crazy. Yeah, it was awesome. She had been adopted into this Mexican family, and, uh, <laughs> and she was like, "Why didn't they take me?" And, I'm uh, Armenian. Yeah, and then it turns out she she was like, "I'm Armenian." What? It was kind of awesome. That's rad. It was pretty rad. Uh, Steve Agee. It's been an hour. And, oh my uh, God, I could talk about John Hughes stuff for. Yeah, there's 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 I mean, 19 other movies and just yeah I I, I picked scripts. those four because I was a teenager. Those yeah, they were movies were happening when I was that age, right? And so you know I can still look at them even though they're dated and watch them and like 
Yeah. I'm like, that's what high school was. That's the, the love- clicks and the, the fashion and the music. I love Willow more than anyone. Oh my God. And- Out of the way, Peck. <laughs> oh my God. So a Peck with an acorn. Yeah. I'm devastated. I'm terrified. Yeah. Yep. It's a use the wand, Willow. Anyway. And John Hughes is, by the way, the only director that when they died, I cried. I was like, Really? I was so sad that he died, even though he hadn't, you know, mm-hmm. he hadn't directed anything since Curly Sue, which was, you know, 91, like 91, maybe. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was really sad. It's a tragic loss. Yeah. Uh, luckily, we have his works. Absolutely. And, uh, oh my God, what a legacy. Steve, Steve Ag, everyone, uh, go see him wherever, uh, he can be found. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram and yes. all the things yes. at Steve Ag, A-G-E-E. Yep. Thanks for doing the show, man. Thanks, Jackie. And Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?